Welcome to my super type A attempt at being Zen, the podcast. My name is Risha York, and I will be your host. If you are overworked, overtired, overstretched, overwhelmed, just over it, you are in the right place. We like to say we are currently working towards Zen-ish. I'm thrilled that you've joined us. Let's see who will be supporting us on our path to Zen today. Hello and welcome to my super type A attempt at being Zen, the podcast yet again, where we discuss how to find your way to Zen when you are super type A. Today I have Brie Bell and she's going to tell you a little bit about what she does and then I'll explain why I invited her here. Brie, please introduce yourself. Hi, I'm Brianna. Um, I'm a massage therapist here in town and I have been in the field for I get this question all the time. Nine years now. It'll be nine years in March. Um, yeah, super into health, well-being. Um, I think this podcast right up my alley kind of thing. Yeah. 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 Would you consider yourself super type A? Not at all. No. No. Okay. I have a sister that's very type A. We are complete opposites. I am the second born. Go with the flow. Go with the flow. Yes. Oh, yes. man. And be you. <laughs> I envy you. Yes. (laughs) So the reason I asked Brie here today is because she is my massage therapist and I go to her to find my Zen. And we have great conversations when I'm there. She's just lovely. (laughs) And I thought, you know what? I bet she has something to say on this topic. And especially when you make, you know, bringing people relaxation your life's work so my first question was actually how were you called to the work that you do so I find my story it's kind of funny in a way because I applied for massage therapy not really fully knowing what I was signing up for I always knew I wanted to be in the healthcare field my mom she's a nurse um, and just the care that comes with that, I knew, you know, I wanted to somehow care for other people as part of my line of work. Um, with having a mother as a nurse, I totally respect what she does. Nurses are amazing, amazing people, but um, I'm very much a people pleaser. People in hospital settings, like who wants to be at a hospital? Yeah, um, no, it's it can be pretty miserable. Exactly. And like people aren't dealing with ideal situations. Um, So I knew nursing wasn't going to be for me. I am one of those weird people that likes to go to the dentist. Again, not everyone likes to go to the dentist. So started exploring like a field where, you know, people want to come and see you and if someone does not want a massage, they're not going to come in. Yeah. So, um, yeah, ended up starting the program at Jordan. Um, absolutely fell in love with it. And honestly, like, I think I just kind of lucked out. You try to pick a career at a young age and things have just kind of 
worked out for me and nice yeah and you've been voted like best massage therapist in a really a couple times right like a few times a few times I've won the reader's choice award twice I'm actually nominated again yes I saw that yeah congratulations that is exciting (laughs) um so that's interesting so do you think you were maybe inspired by your mom in the nursing space I think so like I'm a lot like my mom in the sense where I'm a caretaker. Right. I like taking care of people. And honestly, what better field to get into than massage therapy where you can help people physically? Um, it is so much more than that, too. Like you meet people that are going through so many different life stages, um, good yeah. things, bad things, and just the way that physical touch can help someone regardless of what they're going through. Like it's, it's huge. Yeah. Yeah. I can appreciate that. So it's interesting. I caught this bit that you said, we said you were a people pleaser. So I I want to ask you a question about that. Yeah. Does it, does that ever cause you stress? I, yes. Okay. (laughs) Yes. Okay. Like if I'm trying to think of a scenario. Maybe not so much stress like with my work life, but like outside of work. Sure. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And so how do you, how do you manage your stress? Um, self-care. Okay. Self-care is huge. So um, I like to do a lot of meditating, massage treatments for myself, Um my big thing, I go for pedicures every month. Like you have to take care of yourself before you can take care of other people. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and especially as somebody who is a caretaker, it's like, if your bucket isn't full, yes, yes. <laughs> then you're, you're working from nothing. Yeah. And that's something that I've kind of had to learn over the years too. Cause like, again, as a people pleaser, oh, here's a scenario at work. So, um, our busiest time of year is typically the end or the end of the year, last few months of the year. Sure. Just everyone wants to use their benefits up and work gets crazy busy. You get a lot of pressure like, oh, hey, I have, you know, X amount of dollars to use up for benefits. Right. Uh, when can you get me in? And my approach with work is come in as needed. Yeah. Use your benefits throughout the year. But like, we're so busy. We can't really accommodate to get people in on demand. Right. So where I struggle with that is I don't like saying no to people. Right. I'll be working extra long hours. Um, I'll come in on my days off kind of thing. Whereas it's a very physically demanding career. Yeah, of course. Physically, you can't keep up with the demand. Yeah. So at some point you do have to say no, but I've gotten good at learning how to refer to other therapists. Sure. At my clinic, we definitely work as a team. Um, The community, like when we are way too busy, we're referring to other clinics. Right. Which is nice because it creates like not competition, but support. Yeah. Yeah. And especially in my field too, like there's enough work to go around for everyone. Like work as a team, there's no point in working against each other. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. Does your work offer you the ability to find 
zen like in your day to day? And if so, how? Yeah. And then how do you then bring zen to others? Yeah. So my workplace, like we're a clinic that is very much, again, take care of yourself before you're taking care of other people. So we don't have a limit on like how many days you can take off. Um, you know, if you need a personal day, take it. Cause like, if I can't properly take care of myself, I'm not going to be able to take care of my clients properly. Right. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I wish yeah. everyone had that. Yeah. Honestly, we are all friends at the clinic that I yeah, work at. It's so nice. nice. And it's also not an environment where we're constantly around each other. Like I'm for the most part, I'm with my client I'm yeah. in a room with my client for an hour at a time. Yeah. Um, we have great working relationships with each other. Um, and again, like we don't feel pressure to work X amount of hours. Like we put our work in, but yeah. we also have that flexibility so that we aren't burning ourselves out. So the actual work that you do, I find it so fascinating yeah. because I used to joke with my massage therapist when I lived in the city, um, she'd always have this sound on the background be like nature sound mm -hmm. like you know that mm -hmm, like just yep. quiet you have amazing music by the way yep. Brie has the most amazing <laughs> music it's like it's like indie folk rocky kind of yep. it's so good I always feel really at home there but so this massage therapist I used to go to she'd have one of those you know new age yeah. kind of things in the background and I'd tease her and be like so have you learned the words to this yet and she'd laugh because they're just like out of nowhere. They'd be like a bird that's like, cock, 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 right. Yeah, and then yeah. like, I don't know, breeze sounds or something. Yes. And so it can feel kind of repetitive. Like yeah. you're doing the same motions. You're listening to the same thing. You're yeah. having different people come in, but it's, you're kind of following the same pattern. Right. Yeah. But do you find that that maybe helps with the Zen? Do you do it in a mindful way or is it just sort of automatic now? I wouldn't say it's for repetitive but like you get used to doing a relaxation treatment you get used to doing that um kind of repetitive motion in a way you switch things up on depending on the client's needs um but in terms of like a treatment where someone's dealing with a specific injury I'd say there's a lot more mindfulness that goes into it of, okay, I got to be mindful that, you know, this person has this injury going on, what contraindications come along with it. Right. Um, you're still thinking constantly, yeah. but I'm at a point in my career now, like things just come natural in a way. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but that's yeah. why I wonder, right? Like, you know, um, I was talking about this on a video I'd made on social media, I don't know, months again, I reshared yep. it today just because yep. I was um, thinking about the things that we do every day constantly that mm -hmm. when we do them though, with mindfulness, when we're completely present as we do them, mm -hmm. it offers us a moment to be grounded. Yes. Right. Mm -hmm. And you know, when you're in a job where you're doing repetitive motion, some people are like, oh, I'd be bored out of my mind. And then I also think though, yeah, but, mm -hmm. you know, I have, I have moments and I know my husband has moments yeah. where you can't turn your brain off. Like my brain is always running at yeah. a million miles a minute and trying to shut it down is part of my 
after then. Yeah. Like I am actively <laughs> looking for ways to be here now. So yeah, a good example of that is my oldest son is obsessed with Rubik's cubes right now. Yeah. And so they'll go to bed and I'm playing with them. Right. <laughs> and I'm trying to yep. solve them because I just want something right here, right now to focus on a lot of the work that I do allows me to be very present yes. as well, because I'm dealing with somebody else usually mm-hmm. and their challenges and their whatever. So I have to be present and focused on what's going yes. on with them, which gives me a lot of mindful moments where I'm yeah. very grounded, very present, paying yeah. attention. Yeah. And then when I don't have a lot of work and there's not a lot of work time, I find my brain is forever living in the future. Yes. So I find when clients come in and they just want to chill out during the session, all the power to you, like it, the treatment's about you, but I find that's when my mind does wander, um, you know, still present in terms of like my treatment, but it is when your mind tends to go off another direction. Think about all these other things, right? When clients are talking to me, talking about things going on in their lives, um, funny stories, this and that, or you get into deep conversations too. Yeah. Um, yeah, like that's when I am focused on the moment. I totally get what you're saying in the moment. Right. I think that's like a lot of the journey to Zen, or at least that's what I've been finding in my journey is finding those moments of pure, I'm here. My mom used to always say, be here now. Yes. Right. Be yeah. here now. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. I'm here right now. Yeah. Right. Yes. <laughs> but then I have a tendency, especially when left alone to just spin out and start to think about well, yeah. what's next and what do I have to focus on? What's on my to-do list and what do I have to get done? And yes. what's the next thing I'm going to do? And what's my schedule look like? Yeah. And who's doing what? And, oh, wouldn't it be neat if we did this? And then if I'm mm-hmm. left alone too long, I go into like <laughs> dreamer space, which is I think kind of almost comes back to mindfulness. Yes. Like I go into a, Ooh, wouldn't it be neat F right? (laughs) (laughs) Totally. Totally. (laughs) And it's almost like it comes full circle. But when I think about, you know, you spend every day bringing a sense of common relaxation to other people. Yeah. Do you also embody that? I mean, you seem to, I have to say that you seem to (laughs) when you're there, Yeah, but you also have like an energy about you. Mm -hmm. So is there a point where you're like so full of beans and you have to be in this space with these people and be like calm and relaxing, even though you're like, I could drink six cups of coffee and run five laps and totally, um, (laughs) depending on the person that comes in, you know, what's going on in your personal life. Um, there's times where, I don't know, I've, I've gotten good at like work is work, kind of leave your problems at the door. Compartmentalizing. Yeah. Yes. And then I very much have the mindset, like, you know, this is my client's treatment. This is what their needs are. I find at times you kind of have to protect your energy. um, Because that can be tough too. Because I do think there's totally 
um, like an energetic component of massage therapy. Oh yeah. Like hundred percent in your bubble, you're in mine. Like, um, if someone's dealing with some pretty heavy things, yeah, there are times where I go home, I am totally, completely exhausted. Like, yeah. I try to separate, you know, work and personal life. Yeah. But like I care so much about my clients. I think like, are you an empath? Would you consider oh, yourself? Totally. Yeah. So yes. like, that's hard when you're in yeah. somebody's space and you're feeling their yeah. feelings. Yeah. Right. And I mean, I am fully guilty of being in your space in not a good headspace. Yep. Right. Like yep. that's happened because yeah. of all the nonsense we've been through in the last year. Like yep. we've lost eight people. It's been really heavy yep. and grief stricken around yep. our house. We're just sort of kind of, um, I want to say emerging from it, yes. but I don't know that you ever emerge from it. I think we're learning to live with it. Yes. Right. Yes. Is more probably the way to put it. Yeah. But yeah, like I think when you are in the business of helping people, it's really yes. difficult not to feel their feelings. It is. And again, being an empath, like I find I do take on those feelings. I just care so much about the people that I treat, but I also, I don't know, good things happen, bad yeah. things happen. It's part of life. Do you think it helps you be a better massage therapist? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Read the room better. Yes. And like, I think part of the reason why I'm as busy as what I am is because I take the time to listen to people. I, it's a judgment-free zone. Yeah. People feel comfortable and safe. And I think as an RMT, you have to provide an environment like that. Otherwise people aren't going to be comfortable. With yeah, it. for sure. Um, And at the same time too, like I love listening to people. If someone's going through something, yeah. I, you're a great listener. Yeah. And like, I, I love to you should know that people like <laughs> you're a great listener yeah, like even if it is something heavy that's something like that someone's going through yeah I feel like I'm helping you heal in yeah a way. like yeah yeah I'll tell you can I tell you a story about the worst massage I ever had go for it okay <laughs> so the worst massage I ever had it wasn't even a bad massage yeah. per se but I'm in the room and we're talking and my massage therapist started saying all these like unbelievably racist and intolerant things. Yeah. And my entire body started to like crawl. Yep. And I was like, you could not get me out of there fast enough. And yeah. it was like 15 minutes to the end of my treatment. Mm -hmm. And I'm trying to respectfully say, okay, we're done. That's not really appropriate. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. It was so awkward. And I never went back afterwards because, mm. oh my God, it was just so awful. But it was funny because I remember previously going there and thinking that I also felt that the way that I was being manipulated yeah. felt cold and like yeah. not, not um, from an empathetic space, more yeah. from like a mechanical space, yeah. which I mean, sure. Some people probably work like that. And I'm sure that that's great for some people going for a massage. Mm -hmm. But I think because I'm also an empath, if I feel like we're not even. Well, you're in the presence connected. of negative energy there. Yeah. Like, and no then you're touching me. Yes. Oh, it was awful. Yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah. <laughs> and uh, honestly, you know, we live in a small town. And mm-hmm. so uh, from time to time, you run into some ignorance that needs to be corrected yes. or educated or whatever it might be. Mm-hmm. But um, it was one of those moments where I thought that was really uncomfortable for me. I can't imagine it would have been comfortable for them either. Honestly, it's a conversation that I could not even imagine bringing up. Like there's certain things I will just not talk about. Yeah. Um, Politics, religion. Yeah. Because if you're creating a safe, relaxing space, yeah. Yeah. you know. Well, and we're accepting of all people. Like you don't know who's going to walk through the door, like what their background is. Like, again, religion's a big one. Like I... Them accepting of all different kinds of religion. Yeah. Um, that's what makes people unique. Yeah. Um, I love, like, don't get me wrong, if a client starts talking about their religion, I'm open to those conversations. Yeah. But I'm not gonna sit there and say, like, oh well, no, like I I, I don't, don't practice that. that, I don't believe that. Like I would never do that. Yeah. But, you know, learning about that kind of stuff. I yeah. think it's really cool. It's also educational. Well, like, I'm learning about people in general. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Right. And what yes. makes them tick and what makes them. So mm-hmm. how do you think you bring about a sense of Zen to your clients? So as soon as people like come into the clinic, like we always get the response, like, oh, it's so like nice and relaxing here. It's such a great environment, this and that. And when people come into the treatment room, like we, want people to feel more relaxed we want you to feel at home like we want you to feel safe and comfortable um so what have you done to create that atmosphere i find being picky about who we hire personalities i find that's number one just takes one person to kind of rock the boat um but also like colors in the clinic yeah colors the aesthetic of the business too like if you're walking into a dirty building are you going to feel comfortable yeah no not really so like um we just present the clinic really well um the personalities that come in like honestly we have the most amazing therapists we have the most amazing client base that comes in too yeah um yeah, just creating that environment where people feel relaxed. Yeah. 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 So interesting. Mm-hmm. I think about it a lot because I also recommend, certainly, so in the course that I run called My Super Type A Attempt at Being Zen, yeah. which this podcast is named after, yeah. um, I one of the components is I suggest people find a space where they feel absolutely relaxed and it's hard because I think you know if you live in a house with small children and you don't have a lot of space where are you finding that space maybe that space is you know where you go and practice yoga or maybe that space is at your massage clinic or maybe that space is just down at the beach by the lake but depends on if you're a winter person like are you doing that year round is this your (laughs) jam right and so I think that's um, a big part of finding your Zen is having a space you can go where, you know, mm-hmm. when I'm here, 
I'm fully relaxed. Well, and I think a big part of people coming into a clinic too, is like, you're getting massage treatment. You're not on your phone. Like you, some people will have their phones on, but like for the most part, you're unplugged the odd time, the odd time. Yeah. If people are skipping, coming in when they should be at work. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. (laughs) So I mean, that's how they fair enough. Fair enough. yeah, the odd time, but like it's one hour of your time where you are unplugged. Yeah. And I find that's huge. Like we're in a society now where people are constantly on their phones. Like yeah. you have to be constantly accessible in a way. So that like drives it, me crazy. I yeah. refuse. Yeah. I just refuse. Yeah. People call me and be like, I called you four times. And I'm like, oh yeah, mm-hmm. I was on mute. Yep. And they're like, but, and I was like, no, I don't, yeah. I don't like this. I no. want the rotary phone back right? where I only pick up if yeah. I'm home. Exactly. exactly. There's certainly benefits to being accessible outside of the home. And I mean, I love that part, but I also feel like you have to set your own boundaries now. Yes. Right. Yes. And not a lot of people do. No. No, not at all. So I think that's something we're all now learning because mm-hmm. I think it's causing, I mean, I could be dead wrong here, but <laughs> I feel like that constant connectivity and constantly being available and constantly being accessible and having to respond within the moment yep. um, is causing a lot of anxiety. Oh, I completely agree. For everyone. Yep. Well, and the amount of people that we treat that come in with anxiety depression like it's it's alarming how many people experience yeah I mean that given different situations you're going through of course you're going to have your highs and lows sure but I think it's totally creating creating this yes it's so funny this this sense of anxiety I feel like it comes from being connected but also being disconnected yes it can come from both places yeah like how often have you sent someone a text and it's like two days later and you're like oh my god yeah are you mad at me not care (laughs) whereas like if you'd left a message for someone on their phone 25 years ago and you didn't hear back for a couple days you just assume they were busy yeah Right. I'll hear from them at some point. Yes. They'll get back to me. Yes. It's like we cared so much less. Yes. About how often Mm -hmm. we communicate. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, Which actually, it sort of leads me to the next question. So as you're getting these people who have anxiety and depression, they're coming into your clinic. Mm -hmm. How do you see stress physically in someone's body. Yes. So something that I have noticed with probably every single person I've treated this week is upper neck, um, upper back, neck, shoulder tension. Yeah. Um, sometimes in their low back into their hips. Yeah. Um, a lot of headaches, jaw issues, people will start clenching their jaw, um, breathing, Breathing is a huge one. Getting back to the basics, like my very, I think it was my first semester of school. We are taught how to breathe with our diaphragm. Right. We're all born diaphragmatic breathers, but things like stress, posture, all that fun stuff. You then start breathing with your secondary respiratory muscles. Right. um, Those muscles, like your scalenes, which are in your neck, your 
trapezius muscle, your lats, your pecs, um, all those muscles, which you kind of start caving. Punching in, punching. Yeah. Yes, exactly. And when you're doing that with your posture, you can't breathe with your diaphragm. So right. Diaphragmatic breathing, huge. I always tell people like, go on YouTube, go on Spotify, whatever you use. Yeah. Download something that has a meditation app for diaphragmatic breathing. Yeah. That's a great example. Like what great advice. Thank you. Yeah. That's awesome. See, I went to theater school and so we were also taught diaphragmatic breathing because that's how you project to the back of the room. Right. Also, every time I'm around you, I'm trying to like check my posture. Right. But that's interesting. So how many people do you think that come into the clinic are there for stress relief more than physical pain relief? I find time of year is a huge factor. Um, so what are, when, when do all the stressies come? I would Brie? say October, November, December. Yeah. Again, everyone wants to use their benefits up then, but yeah. um, the time change, shorter days, Christmas, yeah. well, Thanksgiving too. Um families every family has their stuff that goes yeah and having those family get-togethers that can create stressful situations yeah not to hear a lot of stories about that people are showing up being like oh my god I'm gonna kill my sister this week yeah yeah a lot of mother-in-law stories (laughs) (laughs) that's fun yep (laughs) Yep. (laughs) I love it we hear it all um but it's a safe environment for people to talk about. Yeah. Like nothing's ever going to be shared and um, people really trust you that way. But yeah, the way it presents physically, like people take on the weight of the world on their shoulders. Yeah. And if you are stressed out, it's going to come out physically. Do you think that as you relieve people's tension, they also become more emotionally vulnerable? Yes. So there's trigger points, which are known as like knots. Um, They can be found in different areas of the body. There's actually something called the trigger point um, phenomenon where if I'm doing work on your trigger point, on your knot, and we get that released, some people can experience different reactions right people can break out into a sweat they can start laughing uncontrollably right Uh, people can start crying they may feel the need to be sick and vomit like there's so many different reactions that they may have but um yeah I've had people cry before like not cry because they're in pain but just the emotional emotional release from it yeah um if you look at like even the different chakras, right. Um, getting to a more spiritual kind of side. Sure, of things, yeah. Um, the way that stress presents physically and how it relates to the different chakras in the system. Um, it's really interesting to look into, like there's so many, like your root chakra. Right. Um, a lot of that has to do with security um whether it be you know security with your family like do you feel safe at home um financial security and stuff 
we see a lot of people with stress in their hips. Those are two huge triggers, family and money. Um, The healing that you have to do with that. Like, it's really interesting how the two go hand in hand. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for joining us for part one with Brianna Bell. Isn't it fascinating to hear about how our minds and bodies are connected, how stress comes out in us physically? Join us for part two. Hop on in. Thanks again for coming. Thank you for listening. Like and subscribe to our channel wherever you listen to podcasts. Visit www.yorkmotivational.com for more information on my super type A attempt at being Zen, the coaching program, lead without permission, or visit our contact page to reach out to Risha. Wishing you all continued balance and fulfillment on your road to Zen.